0: Do you have more pictures of your goats than yourself on your phone? Does your vacation time get spent attending goat shows? Can you have a conversation without bringing up dairy goats? Neither can we. So join us as we talk to the country's best breeders, judges, appraisers, and industry experts about all things dairy goats. We are John Kane and Danielle Coroli. Welcome to Ringside, an American Dairy Goat podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Ringside. I'm John, and as always, I'm joined by my sleep deprived counterpart, Danielle Crowley.
1: What's up, John? How are you?
0: First of all, you don't sound that much, uh, you don't sound like you're missing that much sleep.
1: So I am living on cloud nine because for the past two nights, I've kind of adapted the baby goat bottle feeding schedule a little bit, and I haven't had any does to check throughout the night. And so I've gotten like six hours straight and seven hours straight the last two nights. So holy crap, I am a new person. And also several cups of coffee doesn't hurt either, but it's amazing what sleep, you know, how awesome sleep is.
0: I would love to say I agree, but my body this last week has been like, hey, um, you're amped up when you're done at doing chores at 1 a.m. So we're going to keep you up until 4 a.m. Have fun. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Ouch, ouch, ouch.
1: Yeah. See, that's the thing. I will just sleep now whenever and any chance I get anywhere I get. So I don't have those (laughs) issues.
0: Like somebody with narcolepsy or what?
1: Oh, no, not quite narcolepsy. But I'm just, if I have a chance to nap or I have a chance to go to sleep, I am taking it.
0: Well, good for you. I'm not jealous whatsoever.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's a good thing. I mean, I'm actually, I know I told you this off the podcast, but I'm actually very proud of myself on how everything's kind of going here. I've been managing to keep up my workout schedule, which I know I mentioned was kind of a goal of mine this year. And so far, it's going really well. I'm not necessarily doing the same amount of F eff- putting in the same amount of effort I'm putting in but that I used to put in but oh my gosh to just move and to focus on that for even 20 minutes at a time it's right now is just amazing so life is good
0: you're killing it you're killing it
1: <laughs> I'm killing it yes yeah. so how's it going there besides not being able to sleep until 4 a.m.
0: Well, I have to say, we offloaded our Buck Kids. We have no Buck Kids uh, in the kid pen right now. So we have two Doe Kids. We have a little Oberhausley, and we have a uh, Guernsey Cross, which we need to update our listeners that are wondering, what's the current kid counter at?
1: Well, yes, I was just going to say, oh, shoot, we forgot about that. (laughs) So do you want to say what your final total for our bet was? And then I will tell everybody where I am. Uh,
0: mine was seven or eight, depending how you look at it. Uh, five buck kids and two doe kids, one doe kid DOA, so eight. Uh, so that's <laughs> bi-
1: three. Well, yes, yeah. three. Yeah.
0: If we're counting that. Um,
1: if we're counting that.
0: Busy kitted last Sunday with uh, buck doe twins and the little doe kid is pretty cute. I'm liking her. So she'll stay for a little bit. Um, but yeah, we're we're at eight for this season. How about you?
1: So we had five does kids so far. We still have another six to go. But in terms of our bet, and also where we are in our kid count. We had with those five does 10 kids born. We were a hundred percent bucks up until kid number seven, and then seven, eight, nine, and 10 are all does. So we have six bucks on the ground and four does right now. So it's thank goodness because the fourth doe started kidding and there was a bucket on the ground when I got up there and I just was like not again I knew she had multiple in her and I was like oh my goodness to just keep with this buck streak but then she turned it around and then her damn delivered and extra delivered because she had twin does and I think I'm going to do something I haven't done in a while and retain two sisters because they're both really nice and it's, she's out are out of one of my favorite does and she's getting up there. I definitely have at least another year of breeding her, but I'm just like, eh, there's two girls. They're really pretty. I'm going to keep them. So I'm going to retain two doe kids or two sisters, which Typically, I don't because I want to retain something from this one or this one and this one and it gets too hard. But I think this year we're going to do that.
0: Yeah, it's very it must be nice to have those kind of options.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you were the one that jinxed it. So (laughs) I think I think, you know, that happens when you say stuff like that. So and you call it a buck year.
0: Yeah, very true. Well, congratulations. I am crying internally at the thought of having to wear... I'd rather be showing Nubians' shirt in the ring. Get ready. Uh, Get
1: ready. When are we doing this? Are we thinking uh, Memorial Day? Is that when, when I have to have this T-shirt design, Bob?
0: Uh, sure. Why not? Great.
1: Sure. Or or, or what else? What do you want? Where, mm, where No. We be?
0: No. The Jersey Show works because... I refuse to wear that shirt at an Oprah Hossley specialty.
1: Oh, with our progressive show. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: No, that makes sense. Oh, that would be shoot. If I had thought about this a little better, I would have pushed that it was at progressive. I'm like, Oh, hometown show. We got to do it here, but I'll give you, I'll give you Memorial day. That's fine. You can rock that on Memorial day. weekend at the show there. Gee, so, can't wait. That's fine.
0: So, or maybe we'll yeah. do it at fair. I don't know. We'll figure it out.
1: No, no. We'll do it at Memorial Day. Otherwise, it's like months away. Yeah.
0: yeah, Yeah, People want the payoff now.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I'll have to get designing that shirt. (laughs) Woohoo. Yay! I'm excited. This is going to be fun.
0: (laughs) Anything else of note that's going on in your farm?
1: Not really. We took our... First batch of babies to get disbudded. And while they were getting disbudded, they all got their tattoos as well. So they're all sporting a little bit of green ink. And I think I have some babies moving, leaving on Wednesday. And so it's just kind of, we're trucking. I, I actually think I'm going, my next dough is due on Friday, but I think I'm going to induce her because it's Easter weekend and we have family around and just different things like that. So I might just induce her to kid a day early so that it's just a little calmer here in theory for the holiday weekend. So I'm toying with that idea, but Yeah. Anything else exciting going on there?
0: uh not really. We're just kinda cruising. I'm making some hard cuts. got a dry yearling that I'm selling, and um a milker who I'm gonna give a couple more weeks just to bounce back, and then I'll list her probably um so yeah we're we're working on downsizing the herd before you know future stuff happens, so
1: right. Well, you've had a chance to evaluate mammary systems and you have these new kids on the ground and you got to make room for them and figure out where you're going. And it's actually enviable, just not the ease, but the dedication you have to moving forward and keeping only the best because I'm looking at some of those does that have just freshened and going yeah maybe you're not quite where i need to go and not the right direction or even yearlings you know you're starting to get critical because i have three new kids that i want to keep and where the space is and going okay who's going on this and it gets hard it really does yeah and the fact that you're like eh, most likely this is going and this is going and <laughs> you're sticking to it is yes it's impressive
0: well i thank you it, i make it look easy i can assure you i've been second guessing my my cuts uh off and on as one's udder is growing as she's more and more days in milk than dry super fancy dry yearling and it's just like oh you know you got to do what you got to do john like we've got some cool stuff happening that is still in the barn so i'm excited
1: yeah, no, you should be. You should.
0: Well, Daniel, we should probably get into some fun Adga news, don't you think?
1: Sure, yes. Well, what do we got?
0: Well, first off, Adga welcomes new association manager, Lori Reynolds. So welcome aboard and congrats on becoming the new office manager, something that we've we've needed uh desperately. So or not office manager, I should say association manager. So desperately. Needed.
1: Yes, no. Desperately needed is correct, and I'm happy they found her. And she has a pretty impressive resume, I think. Oh, so ec-
0: extensive, yes. So yeah. If anybody wants so, to see that, they can go on the executive committee Facebook uh, page, and it, they showed pretty much her resume <laughs> sitting there without, you know, the nitty gritty details, but just some broad scope stuff that she's been involved with throughout her 30 uh, plus years of experience.
1: And I also think that we got that in an email, too. Mm-hmm. But if yes. you don't want to necessarily be on Facebook, they did send it out as an email. So, yeah, no, welcome. Yeah. We're excited to see how this plays out and what direction we go. And I think we're going to hopefully be in a good spot.
0: Well, speaking of being in a good spot, there's a really huge spotlight on the newest postal ballot from the board. And that is the permanent champion postal ballot that it caused a firestorm of opinions. Wouldn't you say?
1: Yes. Yes. It's, it's kind of funny because we can get into the ballot in a second, but most of the groups I'm in on Facebook or anything like that are, dairy goat groups and this change basically caused people to come out of the woodwork, comment on posts and express their opinion and I thought it was very that this behavior was very kind of narrow to ADGA policies, drama
0: oh yeah
1: that kind of stuff However, I am I have several groups for my rowing and there was just a software update there where they lost or they decided not to renew the music license with the company that they had previously used and so had to change a format and so the music doesn't necessarily align with the row all these different things like that. And people are not happy with that as well. And so I'm seeing it in a whole different community and the same thing. There's the two sides and each side thinks that they're right. And either it's good, it's bad. Change is good. Change is bad. We didn't pay for this. This isn't, Or there's, this happens everywhere, basically, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. But do you want to kind of talk about what this postal ballot is?
0: Yeah, sure. So the postal ballot is basically to allow ADGA members to apply for a provisional permanent championship status, like letter for animals who have completed their permanent championships since the inception of NG, uh, because obviously that's when they stopped processing them. Uh, the, imp- the approved stamped application, when presented to a show committee, uh, in conjunction with the original registration or uh, a stamped application, if we're talking about like Guernseys. Um, it can be used uh, for animals to be in champion challenge classes instead of being in the regular age classes. Uh, and that's for any ADGA sanctioned show. And I think it's to it extends to December 31st, 2023. Uh, basically, what you would do is there's this form that they kind of just showed is like what it an example of what it would be like a job form. And basically it says show one, show two, show three show, uh, you know, the date of the show, you have to tell them who the judge was. Um, you know, if it was a junior or a senior or a senior or all seniors or whatever. Uh, and then, you know, if they were champion or best in show, <clears throat> and then you send that in with a little bit more information about the animal, like, you know, your ID number, the date, all that good stuff, so they can kind of look up that animal. And if it's accurate, they will approve it. It's $15 to do this process. Um, so that's kind of where a lot of people were upset. But we'll just kind of keep with the facts here for now um, that, you know, this definitely helps with people that may be keeping goats in their barn because they're finished and they don't want to take a leg from their other animals. Um, so this is kind of an avenue for them to get those animals out of the barn and show them.
1: I do want to kind of put out a caveat on this and this is if this gets passed because at this point, I don't think the results are in on whether or not this is getting passed, correct? Correct. Okay, so but caveat on this is from what it sounds like, for the most part, these are only going to be able to be used for easy, permanent champion status animals. So what I mean by that is it's a grand champion with two... or the doe has one grand champion with everything being official in two rings and then possibly that third leg is her restricted one that she got as a junior. But it's very hard and it doesn't function. The system doesn't function to say, okay, she was reserved grand champion to a doe who already had her permanent championship or that she, and so then she got her restricted leg that way or those kind of things. So I think this will only really work with those animals who it's one, two, three. Okay, we can see it clearly. It's done versus, okay, well, she got one grand champion here, and then she was reserved grand champion to a doe who was already finished, but there was 20 does in that cl- 20 milkers in that class. So that'll actually be her second unrestricted leg. And then she had one as a junior, so that's her restricted leg. So. If this does get passed, it is something to consider that it may not work for all does championships, but it definitely does help for people who do want to show those does in that champion challenge class. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, there was, you know, I've had, I had conversations online with some people that were for this and some people that were against it. Some people think that, paying $15 for the service that we used to not pay for uh, unless you wanted like the fancy certificate, right? And I say fancy, just like a printed out certificate thing that they did. Uh, they're, they're upset about that. People are also upset. They're like, well, pe- this shouldn't even be a thing. People sh- shouldn't hold their doughs. Those those that are finished should just show in regular classes anyway. It's like, well, that's not where the association's at right now. That's not how the system's working Right now, if that's something you want to change, maybe bring it to one of your directors and, and go that route. But people like how it's set up right now. Um, just because I don't like something doesn't mean that I'm going to push it for somebody else to change it um, unless it's like very detrimental, which I don't really think it's that detrimental here. Um, people think that no. the, the CH doesn't hold as much of a caveat to what it used to uh, because – animals are being pulled and blah, blah, blah. Well, there's they would have got it eventually. So you're seeing more finished animals that probably deserve it. Sure, there might be a couple finished animals out there, a few animals out there that uh, might not look the part of a champion, but it's all about who's presented to the judge that day. So I don't think that that's really a fair argument that, oh, well, people shouldn't be pulling them anyway. Well, we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about people, which a majority of the membership wants to get those finished CH letters to show their animals in Champion Challenge, say at fairs, where, hey, I know at our fair, they get more money if they're in Champion Challenge. Am I wrong?
1: No, it's the same premium. Are you
0: sure? I'm pretty sure it's more.
1: Oh, I thought it was the same. I thought it was like
0: five bucks more.
1: I don't know. Either way, there I are
0: was, there yeah. are fairs that that do work that way where you bring your finished champion right. out, you get more premium. Uh, so that's another reason to have it. I think that people just need to kind of. I see both sides. Like I've been saying that to you, Danielle, all along. Like I see both sides of why people are happy and why people are upset. But at this point, if I'm seeing both sides, and a lot of people have expressed that they see both sides, just go with the flow, man. Just let's do it. If people want it. They'll pay the $15 for it, and if people don't want it, they don't have to. Simple as that.
1: I think it's going to create interesting discussions, particularly on the club levels, on whether or not we're going to be sanctioning champion challenge classes again, particularly in those club shows. I know that our local club, we had decided that we weren't going to be sanctioning champion challenge this year because we couldn't justify the expense based on the past couple of years, turnout of those challenger animals. And rightly so when we had three years of no new certificates, that was three years of animals that were two years I guess but um, when we had those years that was several years of animals not being able to be shown in that class and so your champions become much older animals and sometimes those aren't the ones that are competing or they're not around still whatever the reasoning is and so we had decided that we weren't going to sanction that champion challenge class this year but If this ballot passes, it's definitely something we're going to have to reconsider and also take a temperature check of particularly our members, but then also the goat community at large, what they're going to be doing in our local area. Because if everybody's for it, then we probably will have enough for a championship or champion challenge class. And these animals are going to be out because everybody's going to want to bring them out and compete with them and bring them out if they haven't taken them out of the barn recently. But at the same time, if people are still on the fence about it, maybe we don't justify it. So it's going to be a conversation we're going to have to have at our next meeting because we want to get our sanctions in for the show. But it's something interesting. I think it's kind of cool and I'm interested to see where it goes. And I think, I think it's cool because we haven't been seeing those really nice champion challenge classes anymore right? because people maybe they'll bring their champions out, but ultimately I find, and obviously this isn't everybody, but if you have a chall- champion challenge or two in your barn, there's something else you want to finish too. And so if you're, you have several does that, are finished, but you have another doe you want to compete with that year and bring her out and try and finish her, you're going to leave those other two does in the barn. But then now if you could show in a champion challenge class, maybe those are the better does. And so I think about some of the champion challenge classes I've seen or I've judged and just the impressive depth of the class where you know these animals have fought hard to get that permanent designation on their registration papers. And it's a tough class with a lot of amazing animals. And I think we've been missing that from shows the past couple of years. So if we can get that back, it's going to be exciting to watch. So I think I'm here for it and what it'll potentially bring to the exhibitors going forward. But it's just more in that selfish I want to see the champions yeah. out in the ring. I want to judge the champions. I want to be able to watch that champion class and see those animals again compete. So that's kind of where I'm coming from with that.
0: I think I think it's going to be interesting. I also just um, wanted to bring up another piece of news. Um, I think that instead of adding fuel to the fire with this NG stuff that we keep having on, especially from like past presidents that everybody needs to work together and try to kind of write the ship here. There's a lot of noise going on, and I can tell you right now, that's got to be distracting for the people that are working in the trenches trying to write this thing.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Well, Danielle, let's get right to our topic here. What are we discussing today?
1: Nice one. You're just going to throw it right at me? Uh, okay. I mean, I, right.
0: I, I can do it, but I figured let's ladies first.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. It has nothing to do with the fact that I totally changed it slightly on you (laughs) two hours before we started recording. Um, Not at all, right? Um, Here here it is usually you stealing my ideas. But okay, so (laughs) this week we are kind of focusing on the season we're in getting – ourselves over the kidding season slump, working through the demands of having all these new babies on the ground, but also looking forward to what's next. Spring is here, so at least for us, that means we can start thinking and gearing up towards show season. So, we're just going to kind of go through some things that we have found helpful or beneficial to our programs in this transitional period, moving from kidding to show season, I guess. Yeah,
0: f- for sure. And I mean, let's face it, students that go kids, they're about as terrible as they're going to look throughout the year for you. Like they just, you see them fat and happy and then... The next day after kidding, you're like, "Holy cow, we got work to do, woman." So that's that's kind of the premise here. And, and the first thing that we're checking after the kid is what, Daniel?
1: So I always like to make sure to see, evaluate where they are in that body condition and how much they've lost from having those babies. Mm-hmm. Because that definitely tells me, am I going to be taking weight off or am I going to be putting weight on? So what I look for when these does start to kid is I want to see where they fall on that body conditioning scoring card or scale, I guess is a better word. And I like my does, I mean, sometimes two is okay, that body condition score two is okay, but I like to keep my does more towards that body condition score three or even some of them are more towards four. But I always find the problem animals are the ones that are veering closer to two. And those are the ones I really have to kind of put a little bit of weight on, get them looking their best before I bring them out into the ring.
0: And I think one way to um, kind of troubleshoot when you have an animal that is uh, lower on that scale, is to check the eyelids, obviously, for matcha. And if you Mm -hmm. need to worm them, I would definitely suggest worming them. Um, I don't suggest just worming all your animals after they kid, because not all of them are going to have a high worm load. But definitely check. That said, uh, there are tips and tricks to get them to put on condition after having those babies uh, Daniel, let's let's hear your tips and tricks, and then I guess I'll devolve into mine.
1: Well, let me just touch on worming really oh, quick because sure. I think this is something that's really important, and we tend to forget about this time of year because we've made it through winter. The does are fat and happy. Most warmers you don't really want to give while they're pregnant anyway, until that final couple of days before. They kid, but worms exist and parasites exist to take advantage of stress. And what is more stressful to a dairy goat than parturition and kidding and coming into milk and the drain of the kids and the drain of milking? And so those worms are going to thrive and multiply during that time period. Plus, What else is going on right now? Well, the grass is finally starting to grow, but we're not getting, at least in the northeast, we're not getting a lot of grass growth. The grass is just starting to get green. It's not really growing, but those animals want to be outside. They want to start grazing. And when they're grazing, that grass is so short that that's right where the worms and parasites are living. So it's easier for them to digest the worms than if they were in a higher pasture with more grass length. Um, This way the worms are more towards the ground and they're eating the higher grass and so maybe not quite getting um, as much of a risk of ingesting some parasites. So between everything going on, them eating really short grass, the stress of kidding. Most does this time of year are at a higher risk of developing a higher worm load. And so it is something that you definitely want to consider if the doe is struggling to put on weight. I mean, I just basically my does every Wednesday, I just because worms and Wednesday, I just run through and do a quick Femantia check of their eyes and make sure all their color is good. Um, while they're on the milk stand and just keep an eye on it this way, that way, because I know it is a heavy stress time and that is something that will just take all the nutrients that they are being given and eat that the worms will eat them, I guess is probably the best thing to say and (laughs) steal them from the dough. So um, something to definitely consider this time of year and the other thing about it is that there are some parasites that don't necessarily show up with a famantia. And if you have a doe that just doesn't make sense, maybe, but her famantia is good, maybe you do need to do a fecal count and send that out to see because there are some parasites that do not show up um, like or influence the famantia scoring.
0: I, I couldn't really sum that up any better. We definitely uh, check for worm load and, and use the appropriate medications to handle that. And I think getting on top of it and not you know going out to milk and your goats are on the milk stand anyway, uh, you know being like, oh, I'll, I'll worm them tomorrow and just keep pushing it off. That's more detrimental and you're not going to see them recover as quick because of such. So you deworm them if you need to. What other things, if you have a doe that might be putting it all into milk, that you're kind of giving her to help her bounce back and put on a little bit more fleshing?
1: So I'll evaluate my feed choices for her. And I won't necessarily push feed, but I'll change what I'm feeding her. So she will get... I love a good equine senior feed to add weight to a doe and so she will get some of the normal dairy goat sweet feed that I feed but she'll some of her grain that she gets while milking will be that senior horse feed because it's just a really high fat great feed to pack on the pounds I've found for them and maybe I'll increase her sunflower seeds as well again there's high calories there so that has all kind of helped me in the past to help those doughs get back to prime conditioning mm-hmm. what what else do you do uh
0: i give them shredded beet pulp so like everybody knows that has been a long time listener that My doe gem was not an easy keeper. And it took me a long time to figure out how to feed her during lactation to keep and put weight on. Uh, And so for her, she gets a uh, high-fat, high-calorie senior horse feed. I had a brain fart for a second there. But she also gets, like, a shredded beet pulp on the stand Uh, if she's, like, really struggling – then I'll add a couple supplements to that and kind of just go from there. She'll also still get you know, her hay, obviously, uh, but she'll get – when they come in and out of the barn, they get a scoop of grain for everybody to share. So she usually pushes everybody around and gets a majority of that too, which is a higher protein. So she's still getting that protein that she needs to make milk. Uh, and, and we go from there. But really a good quality hay for any of my harder keepers. And sh- I found last year shredded beet pulp is like a godsend for them. They love it. And it just fills them up more. It, it does offer uh, some good nutrients for them, good fiber. And then there's also the the senior horse feed I found just do the trick.
1: Right. And hay is so, so important. Yes. And... Um, I know we've talked about it a few times with what I've done in testing in the past and also with um, the episode we just did with that, hey, how you can do a feed analysis and forage analysis and what the advantages are there. So it is so important and I've seen even with my animals as they're freshening, going from last year to this year and just the condition they have by feeding them those alfalfa pellets while they were dry and while they were on that first cut. But then also the we switch them now because while I don't have Everybody in milk, I have enough does and milk, and the does and milk need the nutrients. So I know I'm just going to have to carefully monitor
0: mm-hmm.
1: the other does when they start kidding because they are getting fed a higher quality hay earlier on or basically before the parturition. But with that, I am seeing, first of all, the strength and condition most of my does look really good bouncing back hasn't been a problem but they're producing so much milk and they're putting all that energy into that so they need a good nice quality hay that meets those nutritional demands and so going and making sure you're feeding them something that keeps up with it makes a world of difference and helps them nutritionally as well
0: and one of the things that I think I notice this time of year is your goat's coat is just not looking the best. Am I wrong? Like it's blowing out the fuzzies. It might be a little bit coarser than you'd like. And one of those those simple things to fix that is, well, first of all, make sure that your minerals are up to snuff. But if they need to be copper bolused or if they need some zinc in their life, don't be afraid to give it to them.
1: Right. No. And this also kind of goes back to sometimes the worming too, because if their coat isn't nice and shiny, there is the possibility that there is a parasite right. issue. Or a, even, I mean, if they've been cooped up all winter long, haven't really seen much sunlight, there is a potential for mites as well. And so coat health is important. And yeah, is it the minerals that they're lacking? And what, because at least in my, at my barn, granted, my does get free choice minerals, but they get a lot of those nutrients that they need from their grain versus their hay. I mean, obviously there's things in their hay too, but the grain has the added minerals that help them, plus then they have the free choice. But when they are dry, they're not getting that grain, so they're only getting whatever they need from the hay source if you're not feeding them minerals as well. And so you're kind of lacking in that regard, and they're not consuming as much. So it is something to consider. How can you get their their coats back because where is that deficit coming from?
0: Right. You want those natural oils to be expressing so they get that nice, shiny coat, and it takes – some I'm doing for the body to express those oils in order to get that shine on them. Uh, also, you, I see sometimes, and especially in my herd, Merrimack, for instance, has like the, the most dense undercoat ever. That when she starts blowing out, if I don't brush her every single day, twice a day when she's on the milk stand, clipping her for her first show is a just terrible, and she looks gray and disgusting. So even just something as simple as, yeah, giving them all of that stuff, but also just brushing them while you're milking them. Like, just once they're done milking, brush them for five minutes. It's five extra minutes of your life, and it, do- it does the world good. I saw such a difference in Mary Mac from the year prior to last year. When I started brushing her and the first clip she got, it wasn't uh, ugh, this terrible first clip. It looks terrible. She's washed out. She's gray. No, she looks great.
1: Oh, that's interesting. I'll have to try that because, yeah, we don't really. I mean, there's not we're not spending the time to brush the goats.
0: Well, and... <laughs> well you don't have a color breed, right? So like with Oberhausley, something as simple as there being too much undercoat makes them look just way off their color and makes them, you know, they could have a Coup Clair look, which I've got pictures of Mary Mac as a dry yearling looking like she's Coup Clair because the gray undercoat just didn't blow out. Uh, It's just, it's very, it's something that you have to worry about, especially like with Oberhausley, I feel, um, to make sure that they're up to snuff as far as their coat goes.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I mean, I do think about my does and how often they run themselves against one fence in particular to start removing that undercoat when they start shedding it. And there are some does in my herd that do have pretty impressive cashmere undercoats going on. And it does get a little tricky when that first clip of the season comes along and you're fighting the clipper blades to remove all of that hair.
0: Oh, most definitely. And I think, I mean, the one thing that made me think about it is that, we had a 75 degree day yesterday. Well, guess what? Everybody's blowing out their coat today. So it just made me think of it right away. Like I was like, Oh, I got to get the brush up here and start brushing these girls.
1: No, I get it. I get it. Cause yeah, now they're, everybody's getting goat wise is getting ready for that change in season. I know all of my does are, Now, instead of just going out because that's where the hay is, they want to be outside. They want to be basking in that sun Mm -hmm. and enjoying the warm weather.
0: I want to kind of pedal back here for a second, Danielle. Because you mentioned and I briefly mentioned minerals. But, like, what exactly are you offering for your free choice? Like, I know people are going to ask, what are you using for free choice? So so what do you use?
1: So I – and this is actually slight tangent on this surprise, surprise. I don't have a tangent, <laughs> um, but I do a free choice mineral that is the per, the poolin' brand of minerals um, that is for the goat. So it's their poolin Goat Mineral. Um, I do that because it is formulated for northeast dairy goats and what's in the soils what's around here mainly because the mill is in uh new england so there's that also it's what i can get easily at my feed mill but i use that and then i add a little kelp to it as well and i do a usually it's like a one to three one to four ratio to mix that kelp in And then the doughs also always have that free choice sodium bicarb or better known as uh, baking – is it soda or powder? I'm drawing a blank right now.
0: Baking soda?
1: Baking soda. So we get it as sodium bicarb because we get the giant bag that you can get from (laughs) there.
0: Not powder, uh, yeah. definitely you not can. baking powder, people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, baking soda. Sorry. I, I'm like, oh, but drawing a complete no, blank. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So we use the, you can get giant bags. I mean, you can get giant bags of baking soda from like your Costco or your, uh, your like Sam's Clubs, whatever they are too. But you can also get them from your feed mills because they use them in different uh, creations of mixes. And so we just get a big bag and just feed it by the scoopful or put it out in the scoopful in our mineral feeder. So, and then the exciting tangent is I have finally been able to get a cobalt mineral block. And I picked up several of them. I was finally able to get them at my local tractor supply after trying to get my feed store to get some. So they couldn't get them. And then I had to go to my tractor supply because I know tractor supply in other areas carries them, but my tractor supply didn't. And then finally I was able to get a skew on the cobalt blocks and they were able to order them, and so I went and picked up a few of them, and for those who don't know, Cobalt uh, cobalt is a great way for the goats to um, get B12, and then it also really helps with potential somatic cell issues, I mean, kind of more in the preventative aspects of everything versus treatment but it is something that a lot of people really like to give and so I was trying to bring it in and so I finally got it and so it just went into my barn this morning so we'll see how that goes but I'm excited to offer that to them as well as part of their mineral options
0: yeah I'm, I'm excited to see the changes that that you see with that
1: Yeah, I'm interested as well, and worst case scenario, it just is something that they can enjoy and won't do much, but we'll see how that goes and how they like it, because everything I feed is typically that loose mineral, I don't typically go towards mineral blocks, and so this is the first mineral block probably, if not everybody has seen, like all but one doe has seen, so... We'll see how they kind of take to it. So, yeah. So, what are you do- doing in terms of minerals?
0: Minerals. We do the uh, the loose minerals like like you do. Uh, no no surprise there. Uh, we do. I just got uh, the like a Himalayan salt block type deal. Okay. So trying that out because I don't know everybody has them hanging in their stalls at nationals and stuff. And I was like, "Oh, let me see what kind of change this does for the dose. I'd noticed they do drink a lot more obviously because they're drinking, they're eating salt. Um, so it's encouraging them to right. drink more, which my goats, they don't chug a ton during the day. Like they drink, but they're not like, they're not exhausting themselves out there where they're like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm parched. So nighttime usually is when they start drinking when they're in the barn. But so this is encouraging them during the day to drink more, um, they're also eating more, uh, which could be good or bad. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we're that's kind of what we're doing for minerals. I am. I have been researching my loose minerals. I'm, I'm going to try to get a different brand because, like right now, uh, I'm just getting like the not the tractor supply crap, but it's pretty dang close.
1: Yeah. No. And I think minerals are so important and you do want to have that really high quality minerals. And there are some that are much better out there than others. So it is something that if you're not seeing the results you are expecting with them, you might want to try and change it up if you can and find something else.
0: I want to pedal back again, Daniel, because
1: you were,
0: you were talking about switching out your feed uh, your hay from first cutting to second, and you had to, you know, watch your pregnant dose to make sure that, you know, nothing crazy was going to go on with them where you had to look out for a numerous amount of issues that can happen if they're getting too high quality feed, like milk fever, that kind of stuff. So how fast are you transitioning these does that are already fresh? And obviously the ones that aren't fresh yet, um, when you're switching up that feed, are you just Throwing it right in there, or are you like, okay, for a week we're gonna do half and half?
1: So I don't know if this is best practice here, but it, we just switch it over. And well, <laughs> I, I, so just with the disclaimer that there is always extra hay in the hay feeders. Um, my hay feeding system kind of allows you to leave. Or it leaves some hay in our hay feeder. So there's always hay there. So technically, if they wanted to have some of that first cut, they could help themselves to the first cut. Mm -hmm. But I know my girls. And with that, I've even put out... So when we switched them over this year, I had one little hay feeder that the hay bale didn't quite it filled my main hay feeder but I always like to put a second I have a second hay feeder outside and always like to add a little bit more to it and so the hay bale I opened didn't quite fill or it filled the one hay feeder but it didn't have extra flakes for the second feeder and so I said okay I still have some of my first cut hay I'll throw some first cut in that feeder they didn't eat it they didn't want it they wanted the other stuff now well, um, yeah,
0: you're giving them, like, Tootsie Rolls, right? No. No, 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 see- no, no, no. no, The no, Tootsie no. Roll of candy is the first cut, and then you've got the Reese's and Pieces that you've rolled out for them into the hate feeder. you think they're going to go for the Tootsie Roll and they got Reese's Pieces sitting there? Of course not. They're going to go for the second cutting every time.
1: No, but I think you're saying, like, no, I don't like this analogy because – I think that you're
0: obviously better than tootsie rolls.
1: Well, well, yes, no, I wasn't even talking about the (laughs) types of candy that you're talking about. I'm talking more about the demands that their bodies are requiring of them and the needs that those demands are require. And so with that, I think about it as kind of this athletic, like athletes, those athletes who are performing better and excelling, they're using the correct foods in their bodies. They're not just going and eating crap. They are c- concerned about what they're putting in their bodies. And that is the exact same thing I am doing here. I am making sure that my dogs are getting what is optimal for them and their needs. Again, giant disclaimer that the ones I am concerned about or managing are the ones in milk because my does do milk a lot and there is a huge demand that way. So when my does milk, I'm caring for, or I'm caring for those does in milk because they are the ones with the greatest demands and everybody else just kind of has to get with the program. Um, because I just can't feed. Realistically, I can't feed three different hay feeding systems for does when some are later in the year and manage it that way. Like it just doesn't work for my operation. Everybody is in one pen together. It's not the perfect system, but it really works for us in terms of I know I have a few does that I'll have to keep a closer watch on because they've had a history of. Maybe not bouncing back as quickly, maybe needing that extra little bit of calcium after they kid Mm -hmm. to really um, not pull from the body's reserves or to better utilize whatever they need to utilize. So um, I do have to watch it, but I think about it as you are now in high performance mode. You kid, you are an athlete and you are expected to perform and how do you perform you give them the best possible feeds that meet their needs and that is the hay right so forget about to rolls and reese <laughs> peanut butter cups i'm hungry
0: i didn't eat. Anything I don't know. today. <laughs> well i think the biggest thing that people need to realize is like i know that we're very show seasoned focused you and i daniel but You also milk test, and I also realized that these are dairy animals, and if you want them to excel and do well for you in the milk pail, all of these tips are what you need to do to help them bounce back faster, to be healthier faster, and just look better faster. And guess what? It also doubles as they're going to look really smoking in the show ring.
1: Yes, exactly. And- Little changes can make a big difference. Adding a little bit, tweaking it. I'm constantly tweaking what I'm doing and each year reevaluating did this work, did this not work, and finding what works for me because what works for my feeding operation is not necessarily going to be the same thing that works for somebody even five minutes down the road, or 20 minutes, or an hour. And what my breed is, what my genetics are. I, even I look at my does and I know that I have certain does in my herd who are going to look one way or another, no matter what I do. And so it's deciding how to manage that best and what works best for you and finding those things out and trying new things. I mean, I know John, you mentioned maybe changing your minerals up and that is something I want to play with as well. Um, But just dealing with the fact that if I'm playing with my minerals and changing it up, where can I get them from? Are they readily available? Or am I realistic that I can get a nice, solid mineral from my feed store when I go get my grain instead of driving an hour and a half to just get a couple of bags of minerals? So, you know, obviously there's gives and takes and you have to balance it all. But It's totally doable and just experiment and find what works for you and where you have the most success, I think, is the best way to kind of put it. But you do have to put in effort. These aren't just going to – I mean, you're not going to get the results you want if you're just coasting.
0: Right, right.
1: It's not how it works. You're going back to to these athletes here. Your athletes that are, I mean, in their peak and in their prime and performing, whether it's on the field or on the track, they are so concerned about what they put in their body and how that helps them or hurts them. Are they using supplements to... Make sure that the muscle, after they go to the gym and work out, that the muscle development is being aided by making sure they had enough protein and different things like that. And are we doing that the same with our dairy goats? We want – I honestly look at at my dairy goats like athletes. We want them to perform. I want mine to perform in the milk pail and then – that's on a daily basis. But then when I want them in the ring, I want them to perform in the ring. And how do I make sure they look their best and perform their best in the ring? And it's focusing. I mean, right now I think is the heaviest time period where there are so many demands and you didn't know what was baby weight and what was, uh, what was extra weight Enough. and fluff And I mean, if- fluff and then literal fluff too. I mean, there's some does where they look pretty good and then you put your hands on them oh. and you realize that you <laughs> yeah. you can feel um more bone than you would want them to feel and they don't have that covering that you really expect them to have because their hair is hiding it all. So there are so many things that kind of go into it.
0: I agree and I love that you keep referencing uh, that they're athletes because I work year round with different sports teams uh, and I can tell you right now they are putting in more work in the off season to get ready for the season it's it's something that you have to remember you can't just sit on your hands and just look at pretty goats all day and call it good you got to be in there you got to be trimming up their hooves you got to be Giving them the best hay that you can afford, you can giving them the best feed you can afford, doing everything you can to prep them for whatever duty you want them to do, whether it's showing, milking, whatever. You got to make sure that you are treating them as athletes and you are practicing for the big day, just like we practice to walk these goats on a collar, get them trained. You got to train their bodies to be in that condition. are you are never gonna do well showing your animals. If they're not ready and that's muscle memory for walking on a collar, just like it's their bodies need to be in shape. So, yeah, I think that's a good spot to end it, huh? Works for me. (laughs) Well, folks, I think, I think we are going to end it because Danielle sounds like she's just over with. She's like, yeah, I'm, I I need to take my nap. My narcolepsy is kicking in.
1: No, no. I just think, I think it's a good spot to end it, and yeah, I just think (laughs) we're.
0: Well, folks, I want to remind everybody that if you feel so inclined, why don't you check us out on the app that you're listening to this to? Most of you are probably listening to Apple Podcasts, at least that's what Apple Podcasts is telling me. So go ahead and just click on our podcast, scroll all the way down, and – Maybe leave a review. We'd love to hear back from you. And, yeah, Daniel, we also do have social medias and such that people can find our merch, our website. Where can they find all that good stuff?
1: So you can find us online at com. We are on Facebook by searching Ringside and American Dairy Goat Podcast. You can find us on Instagram by searching ringside underscore goat underscore podcast and you can find us on tiktok by looking for ringside podcast
0: perfect well again that's a perfect spot to end it we look forward to talking to everybody next week And everybody this has been ringside an american dairy goat podcast i'm john
1: and i'm danielle
0: and if it's too cold to clip your goats don't do it we'll catch you on the next one Inside an American Dairy Goat podcast is not an affiliate of the American Dairy Goat Association. All opinions or information regarding the ADGA does not represent the registry.